Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. We're in the final part of this series called Passion. Everybody say Passion. Passion really originated when the idea that God so loved the world that he gave for each of us. It has to do with God's attention to our infection. The infection, of course, being sin. And that every single one of us, there's not a single person, I know you're perfect, but maybe the person next to you isn't. The infection that is sin, right? We all battle with something. And we've been talking about the love of God these last several weeks. Different versions of the love of God, if you may. We talked about, uh, in week one, we talked about being fueled by love. Second week, we talked about the humble love that God has for us. Last week, we talked about the perfect love. And this week, we're talking about the unstoppable love. Now, throughout the series, we've learned that loving others can be tough business. Raise your hand if that's true. <laughs> loving people sometimes is a tough business to enter. You think the restaurant industry is tough? Try loving everyone that comes across your path. That's a tough business. But here we are in one of the two biggest Christianity moments of the year, right? One of those being, of course, Christmas is a very big part of Christianity. Baby in a manger, the whole bit, right? It's a big deal. Christmas, and now today we stand here on Easter morning. I like to call it Resurrection Sunday because there's something powerful about that that really defines us as believers. But I digress. One way to describe the difference between Christmas and Easter, if we were to say it like this, if Christmas is the promise, then Easter is the proof. If Christmas is the promise, then Easter is is the proof. Is that good? Because we look at the promise and we looked at God so loved the world and why did he love the world so much? What did he do about it? Well, he sent his only son. How did he send his son? Well, he came in in a way that most people didn't expect. And then he gave his life for us. Many people didn't expect it to go that way either. Right? We look at all of the Gospels, look at the embodiment of the Gospels, look at how that whole story unfolds. People did not expect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, come on somebody, to die a thief's death, a criminal's death, a torturous death. But I'm so glad the story didn't end there. You see, proof that God came through in his promise, that is Easter. He promised what? That he would give life more abundantly. The life of our Lord was marked by the virgin's womb and the empty 
tomb was another mark of his love. He came into the world through a door marked no entrance. And he left through one marked no exit. When Christmas came, nobody expected that entrance. When Easter morning came, nobody expected that exit. What an amazing story. Easter is the crowning touch of God's love for each of us. Each of us, rather. Easter is a showcase of God's love for us. How can we not talk about that this morning? The unstoppable. Come on, tell your neighbor, his love is unstoppable. If we were to be honest here this morning, if we were to be honest, we would say that our love to some degree is conditional. Right? I love you until, until you cross me. Come on, so I love you to the end of the age or fill in the blank. But the unstoppable love of God is what we're talking about this morning. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the unstoppable love of God for each of us. See, this conditional love that we often hold on to so dearly. Thankfully, that isn't the love that God has for us as his creation and his children. You see, God's love happens even when it's unreciprocated. Is it hard to love someone when they don't love you back? Well, God's love happens even when you're nasty, rude, and angry. God's love happens even when you're not getting anything out. When he's not getting out of anything out of the relationship, God still loves you. Friends, that's unconditional, unstoppable love. The truth is, Jesus had to willingly come. Because if it was all about the benefits, how many know that he would have left differently? You had to come willingly. You had to come with no strings attached. Because if there were strings attached, we would still be dead in our sins. Because we didn't respect the cross. We didn't respect the tomb. We didn't respect the resurrection the way we should have. But there comes a day when the light goes on and you say, wow, his love for me is so great. And I don't know about you, but I found that love when I was 15 years old. And thank God I found that love before things got way out of control. How many are grateful that you know who Jesus is? Amen. Amen. Well, I want to tell you, if you don't know who Jesus is this morning, I want to tell you straight up right now, I'm going to give you a chance to know who Jesus is. And you're going to hear the gospel this morning. So for the next five hours, I want to talk to you. I saw a nervous twitch. Somebody just woke up like, did he just say what? What did he just say? I got something in the crock pot. What's going on? Come on, listen, we'll just, it's okay. It's a crock pot. I mean, I've been called worse. Oh, no, wait, I'm talking about the crock pot. <laughs> that almost went off the rails. Um, today, Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the fact that 
Many of us may not know. And you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm here to let some of you know and remind the rest that the grave couldn't hold them. The grave couldn't hold them. Death had no handle on him. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, would you? Luke chapter 24. But as you turn to Luke chapter 24, I want to give you a little bit of a background. All four of the Gospels and all four of the accounts in the Bible include the story of the resurrection from the dead. How many know that that's probably an important piece not to let out of the puzzle? Hello? So today I want to read for you the words that were spoken just after he had been resurrected. Can I do that? It will be part of my five hours, I promise. So today, when I read this, I need you to understand something. He had already resurrected. So some of the women who had followed Jesus when he was alive went to his tomb on that first Easter or resurrection morning. The third day after he died for us. They did not find, listen now, they did not find his body. Instead, there were two men bedazzled, excuse me, in dazzling robes, blinged out, appearing, and they said these words. Luke chapter 24 verse 6 reads like this. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Let me stop for a moment. There are things that God tells you now that you have to refer to later in your life. There are things that God's going to tell you this morning that you're going to have to remember this week. There are some things that God told you last week that you need to remember this morning. God is always building on his promise. God doesn't just declare things randomly just because like, hey, I got to fill a spot. He's not finding commercials to fill. When he speaks, he speaks with the oracles of life. So all of a sudden, here, these figures that come and they speak, they said something very interesting. It said, remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee. Friends, I'm telling you this morning. Look at me. There are things you have to remember. God spoke to you some time ago. If you forget those things, there'll be moments you might miss. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss a single thing that God is doing. Amen? Amen. I don't want to miss a single thing. So let me continue. Verse 7. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified on the third day, be raised again. Friends, this is good news. This is good news for you, for me, and for anyone following us. Watch this. Not even the grave could stop Jesus, and he made it clear ahead of time, ahead of time, that not, the grave could not hold him. So I want to tell you a couple things that you might want to take notes on this because I think this unstoppable love has something to do with every one of us in our faith. So here it is. Are you ready? The first one is simply this. God is the author of unstoppable love. God is the author of unstoppable 
love. Think back to all the things he tried, uh, all the things that tried to stop him, let's say. First of all, it was the devil trying to stop him. Remember when he was in the wilderness? Even the devil was tempting him. Turn these stones into bread, jump off this mountain, worship me. All these things. Do you think he held back? No, not for a single moment. If he doesn't hold back for Jesus, the son of God himself, what makes you think he's going to hold back on you? Why? Because you matter. Why? Because the love of God in you can change the world and he knows it. And if he could take out the head, the body will shrivel. So he went after Jesus to no avail. The devil tried to stop him. Somebody say, oh, no, no, no. Number two, the religious folk, the religious leaders, they turned on him and they tried to stop him. Why? Because he didn't fit the formula. Come on, raise your hand if your whole life is about I never fit the formula. Right? Some of you like proud carriers of that, right? Some of you like I never fit the formula. Nobody ever understands me. I understand that because I'm with you. My wife still doesn't understand me. After 22 years, there's certain things she gets. Other times she's like, I don't know. I don't know. You laugh, but it's true. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times she goes, what are you doing? And you know how I respond sometimes? Just trust me. That's when she runs out the room. Because I don't want to explain it. It takes too much time. Where was I in my notes? Okay, yes, religious leaders. <laughs> religious leaders turned on him. They didn't understand him. The soldiers who crucified him, they, they, they try to stop him. Just give it up. The crowds try to stop him. They try to stop him. He, he walked into the temple, read from the scroll of Isaiah, closes it and says, today prophecy was fulfilled in your ears. Right there, claiming to be God. Hello? That's a, that's a do not do list. That's right there. Do not do list. That's not how to win friends and influence people, right? Come on, somebody. Right there, that's not the way to do it. Number five, even the nails in his hands try to hold him to that cross. But his love for us was too much. They couldn't stop him. I love how 1 Corinthians says something awesome. It says this, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Anybody know what I'm talking about when I read that? It's like, I I feel like he's, it's almost like Paul when he was talking, he was talking on behalf of Jesus. Where is your sting? You got nothing on me. I love that story. I love that verse. Chances are there's something in your life right now. You walked in this morning. You tuned in online. And some of you feel like, man, life has dealt me a serious blow recently. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to get past this. Can I tell you something? That sometimes you have to stare right into the sky and say, God, I trust you. And then turn around and stare down at the ground and say, death, where is your sting? 
Come on, somebody. Where is your victory? Because he is all-sufficient, all-powerful, all-knowing, and I put my trust in him. Somebody say amen for the love of God. Come on. It's good stuff. See, there are times you have to talk to yourself, and some of you are really good at this. You have to tell yourself, self, shut up. Just stop it. Stop it. Because you often talk yourself out of your own blessing. I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes you have to tell yourself, be quiet, man. Be quiet, self, because all my flesh wants to do is prop itself up. The spirit wants to be set free. The spirit wants to move in your life. But what governs you and what guides you? Is it the spirit of God or is it your flesh? You have to decide what that looks like. Romans 8, 38 and 39 reads like this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor present nor the future nor any powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. A lot of people want to claim that verse without the last part. You can talk about being separate, you know, God can never say, but it's about those who are in Christ Jesus. This promise is not for the world. Right? Your sin separated you from God. Before you came to Christ, your sin has already separated you from God. Look at me. I need every eyeball right here. Look at me. Your sin, my sin, our sin, personally, not corporately, but your individual sins, every one of us, we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Constantly having sin at the, front, at the forefront. That is what separated us from God. When you come to Christ and you accept that love, nothing can separate you from the love of God. No height, nor depth, etc., etc. But it's in Christ Jesus that we find that. In Christ Jesus. Outside of Christ, we cannot find that love truly. But in Christ Jesus, we can. How many are grateful for that? What a passage. Isn't that a great passage? Paul says that there's nothing in all creation that can separate us. Man, that's good news. That's good news. I wore a good suit to tell you good news today. Thank you. That person I paid. Number two. PayPal. Number two. God's unstoppable love brought death to sin. Or better yet, death to death. See, first I believe that we have to take Christ's model and die to sin. We must repent and push our sin far away from us through our love of God and our love for his word. We don't have the manpower to push away God's love by ourselves. It is only through our actions and love for God that our sin can be pushed away. You with me? It is through the love of God that our sin can be pushed away. It is as we adore him, as we love him. But here's the trouble 
with some of us here today. We don't know what that looks like. So let me illustrate it like this. This year I have in my hand a completely dead phone. Completely dead. Completely dead. Now, this phone only has the power to do what it was intended to do if it's tied to a source, a power source, and charged. Without that power, it is a very expensive paperweight. This, when it came out, very, very pricey. Any iPhone, hello? It's like a small mortgage, right? But if the thing is dead, completely dead, you can hit this button till forever, and it's just gonna, it dead, dead, dead as a doorknob. Does no good. I'm telling you today that unless we too are tied to our power source, are dead to ourselves, dead to the world. There's no hope in us unless we tie in to the power that is Jesus Christ. Now, the moment you accept Jesus, you have access to unlimited power. You have unlimited resources. And I'm telling you what, there's no reason for you to live like this. There's no reason for you to live powerless. There's no reason for you to live without purpose. See, when this thing is powered, it can do a lot of things. Making a phone call is one. It's funny how phones used to be just a phone. Now it's everything. Right? It's calling, emails, internet. You could find out where a stud is in the wall. There's some things you could even check your blood pressure. I mean, the thing does everything, right? I mean, there's just so many things it can do. But here's what it can't do. It can't do anything if it has no Nor can you. None of us. None of us can do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. We are called to die to sin. The sin itself will probably try to tempt you over and over again. How many have been tempted this week? Tempted this month? Tempted this year? Tempted ever? There's still no hands that went up. See me after service. I need to know the secrets. Because you're holier than me. Some of you are like, Pastor, I tapped out at the third pole you asked. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old thing has gone. The new has come. How many are grateful for the new coming? The new coming. That's access to power. Now watch this. Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verses 12 to 15. Watch this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Uh-oh. You got to pay, pay attention now. We have an obligation. We have an obligation that's important. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. 
you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Again, rather, the Spirit, watch this now, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. When you are a child of the Most High God, you have access to unlimited power in this world. Some of us are like, ooh, power. I like power. You have to understand that this power is not like the world understands power. Because they thought when, when, when the Messiah was coming, they, their, their reflection of power looked different, didn't it? They thought he was going to seriously overthrow Rome and the government, the Roman soldiers. He was going to... That's not how we... That's not how we did it. So some of you walked in here this morning thinking that somehow God wants to set you free in a certain way, in your way. Can I tell you something? God wants to do it Yahweh, not your way. His way is always the best way. And what's the best way? That's a good way. The third thought is this. The third thought is this. When we talk about unstoppable love, I can't help. But talk about the unstoppable love enabled life in Christ. And what does that mean? The challenge for us as believers and followers of Jesus Christ is to learn about him every single day. What brings life to our lives? It's knowing the words of Christ. Watch this. The gospel of Luke. We're reminded of this. If anyone would come after me, that is Jesus He must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me, which is Jesus. We have to have him be in the forefront of what we do. Sometimes the biggest struggle that we have is that we don't put him at the forefront. We put him as the last resort, right? Okay, so question. How many of you did like uh, student driving? Student driving when you were in high school? How many of you ever used a two... uh, I've seen it. I never got a chance to use it. But how many of you drove in a car where there was two steering wheels? And you were driving, but then the instructor can take over the wheel on his side? Right? I'm thinking to myself, there is a whole lot of things that can go wrong there. (laughs) Depending on who's who's behind the wheel, right? Right? Can you imagine if one wheel wants to go left and one wheel wants to go right? The construction on that vehicle has to be a certain way. Because all kinds of things could go wrong there. And you know what? That's a great picture as to I think some of our lives sometimes. Like Christ says, okay, I don't want... Christ is like, I don't want to be your co-pilot. I want to drive this car and I want you to see... All the great things I have for you. But then we put on a bumper sticker and think it's cute. Like Jesus is my co-pilot. And we literally take that for real. Like he's the one that kind of tells me where to go. But I'm still in control. Can I tell you something? Would you just. I mean Carrie Underwood said it best right. Don't 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 do it. Don't do it. Because I will break out in song. You have to be at a place where you hand it over and you say, God, I don't want to be in control anymore. Because there's so many things that can go wrong here. Are you with me? I want to enable life 
in my life. I want to enable God to be able to have that control, have that overriding option. And so this may seem like a simple statement, but hear me. Living for Christ takes very real action. In fact, your action overrides intention. Now, let me close with this thought for a moment. Your action overrides intention. What am I talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. The gospel is very clear that there are different stories. And even Jesus himself told stories of one that would said this and one that said that. And then they did different things. Right? One said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. And they did it. One that said, unless I see the nails on his hands... There's so many people that had those doubts and those fears and some of those that had great intentions. Can I tell you something? It's about what you do in the kingdom of God that gets God's full attention. It's not just about I intended on going to that prayer meeting. For the last two years, I intended on showing up. Intentions are great, but it's what, you're, what you actually do that allows you to be used by God. Amen? Amen? So let me share this with you. Do not merely listen to the word, James 1.22, and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. That unstoppable love doesn't just carry over, watch this, doesn't just carry over with him loving us. Unstoppable says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to love him every day of my life. And sometimes it brings you out of your comfort zone. Raise your hand if you've ever been out of your comfort zone for something. Some of you delivering boxes this weekend was out of your comfort zone. Some of you are like, this is what I live for, helping and blessing people. But you are scared to death of talking to people you don't know. And you try to find that happy medium. Can I tell you something? There's something really exciting when people step out of their comfort zone. And I want to tell you this, John 10.10 10 tells us very clearly that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who did that? Satan. The devil. Lucifer. The bad guy. The one with the horns. Whatever you call him, however you deem him, he is plotting your surrender. But guess what? Jesus died and then resurrected so you will never have to surrender to him ever. How many are grateful for that? Let me share with you one thing. There came a point in my life growing up in the Bronx, I I struggled with understanding identity. Some of you know my testimony. I struggled with trying to find out who I was at the time. I lost my dad early in my life, so I was in a home without a father figure in much of my childhood. There were people that would speak into my life, but never truly be a father figure until I came to Christ. There were men in the church. Men in the church. That's spoken to my life. I'm going to ask every man in the house to stand to your feet. Every man. And yes, there is a definition. (laughs) 
It's not Father's Day. Not Mother's Day. It's Resurrection Sunday. But there was a need that I had in my life, and I need every man to hear me, whether you're a young man, a middle-aged man, or a seasoned man. Some of you are like, yes, salt, right about here. When I didn't have an answer, I didn't have hope, there were men in the church just like you that took a 15 year old me told me about God about hope about life I didn't learn some of those things from my dad I lost them too young to learn but those men in the church look at me those men in the church made an impact on my life I stand here today because of men like you that attended a fellowship and started to pour into other younger men. Never should it be told that you attend a church and no man spoke into your life. Never. And under my watch, we're going to have men that pour into other men, young men, and give them hope and life and tell them it's okay to be a man of integrity It's okay to be a man who sheds a tear, bows a knee, and gives their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's okay to surrender to the King of Kings. That's the kind of men God is raising. Men of honor and integrity. Men who are not afraid to speak truth, even if it's not popular. That happened to me. I went to church and men poured into my life. And because of that, I stand here today being able to relay that story to you. That unstoppable love was poured out through a man like yourself. Now, this is not to say that women, you're not important. You have your moment. But for this moment, I want to tell the men, don't ever discount a young one that you see in your, at, your, at your gaze. Look around the room for a moment. There's some young men. Ladies, look around the room. There's some young ladies. You look around, you realize God has a plan for every single one of them. Are you part of it? And before you say no, pray first. Because God is looking for men to do the work of the ministry. You know, most churches are two-thirds women. Most churches are two-thirds women. Because men have found Christianity not so much the faith but the church life something that they don't really want to cling to but if we're honest with ourselves we all need each other and men we need each other women y'all need each other so men I want you to know something I wanted to do things my way but men like you showed me I don't have to do it my way. I can do it his way. And they came a sacrifice. And that sacrifice poured into me and changed my life. You may be seated for a moment. Can I share with you just that thought? And here it is. When I realized that I had hope, I can then open up areas of my life 
salvation had already come into my life. And it was through that salvation that opened up many other doors so that I could know Jesus better. But he used the man. He used different men for different purposes. Ladies, it's the same thing. Some of you are here because a lady poured into you. A lady showed the love of God to you. But no matter what that looks like, it can't happen if we're not joining together. So I'm glad that you're here this morning. I'm glad that you came to the house of God. But here's one thing. Watch this. One thing is for sure. That if we don't have Jesus deep down inside, there is no life. Because life cannot happen aside from Jesus. So let me ask this very pointed question to you today. Do you know this Jesus I speak of? Do you know the salvation that I am speaking of? The hope that is offered through Christ alone is bigger and greater and more fabulous than any word I could ever describe. That doesn't mean that everything will be perfect. In fact, there are times that things get more difficult because you're trying to live life in a whole different way. But everybody wants a quick turnaround. But it took a lot of years to get us as messed up as we are sometimes. How many know that we need to give God an opportunity to filter that stuff out of our lives? So here's my my question. Here's the big ask I have for you today. And here's the big ask. Do you know him? If you don't know who Jesus is today, this is the moment where you could say, Pastor Tony, I need to know this Savior. And what better moment than this one to say, I want to know him as Savior and Lord. I've lost my way. I want and need Jesus. Lift your hand right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I see that hand. I see that hand. Eight. Amen. Anybody else? Come on, we had 10 people last week. I believe that there's more in this room today. Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Can I have everyone stand to your feet for a moment? Just stand to your feet. And here's what I'm going to ask you. Look at me. Nobody talking. Don't look around. Don't think about whatever. Right here. Right here. You ready? If you lifted your hand this morning, I want to give you the distinct opportunity and very specific opportunity to accept Jesus here today and say, I want you to be Lord of my life, never again to be separated from the love of God, never to be separate from the grace of God, never again to be alone. I want to walk with you, Jesus. If you lifted your hand just a moment ago, I invite you right now to come right to the front here and meet me here. Come on, give it up for these people that lifted their hands. Come, 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 come. Come on, you lost your way. Come, come, right here. Wow. Anybody else? We had more. Come, come. If you lifted your hands, come. We invite you to be a part of this. Why? Why is this so important? Because nothing, when we accept this love, nothing can separate us from the love of God. 
And I don't know about you, but I need this love to find my purpose. And so do you. How many are grateful that we can come to Jesus wherever we are? How many know that no matter what you do, Prayer partners, come and stand behind these wonderful individuals that have said, I want Jesus. Come. And today, I need everyone that can step forward, look at me for a moment. I need you to understand something. When you say yes to Jesus, you're not saying yes to perfect life moving forward. What you're saying is, I'm giving you access to change what you need to change so that I could walk in promise, hope, and love. And sometimes that's going to step on your toes a little bit. But trust me when I tell you, there is no hope outside of Jesus. He is hope embodied. And today you've made an excellent choice. Is that true? You've made an excellent choice. Now listen.